Welcome to the third episode of Under The Rhythm, a podcast looking at what it takes to be a dance music artist in 2020. My name's Ben Malone and on this week's episode I'm joined by Prosper and Absolute. Now we recorded this episode a while back during peak lockdown, so some of the content and references of this episode relate to that. But we also discuss what it's like working with major labels, the pressures on artists to be creative and make new music, but also the pressures artists put on themselves. So without further ado, big thank you to Prosper and Absolute for coming on the podcast. Welcome to Under the Rhythm. Um, good to see you guys. How are we all? Kind of out, good and bad at the same time. Do you know what I mean? Mixed yeah. emotions. All things considered. Very good. I feel, great, very bad. I feel good. I feel good. All right, good. Good, good, good. Yeah. <laughs> up, up and down, but generally good. Yeah. Of course. So the way we kind of kick off these podcasts is we do um, a little section called Crate Diggers, where I ask you to give us three tracks that have played in some way a significant role in your musical journeys, whether that's just like the first record you ever bought or your first hit or, you know, a track that is in some way significant to you. Um, Prosper, shall we start with you? Yeah, go um, on then. Sure. All right then. So what's, your, uh, what's, what's the first track you're going to share with us? Oh, Harvey, do you want to go first or shall I? I was about to say you can go first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, I would say the first track, when I look back at like what influenced me in terms of dance music, hearing Burial for the first time, I mean, if you look at a lot of our interviews, we always mention him. That's because <clears throat> even before I really discovered house or techno or anything, and before I even really thought about genres at all, I was listening to Burial's music. So, I mean, I would say <clears throat> Untrue by him. Like, the whole album is amazing. Archangel is just, like, one of the best tracks ever made, man. So, and it, and, you well, know, yeah, that's, that's got to be the first. The I first mean, you track. know, and we've said this trillions of times in, like, so many different interviews. I felt like it's just, like, we say this over and over again because it, like, it, it is just, it's so sentimental to us, you know what I mean? And the fact that it was, it was produced, when was it produced? Is it 2009? Was it Maybe it was I can't remember one. Oh yeah, like like it was so long, and and it's just so ahead of its time, and you know it's so out there, and it's so different, but it's so it feels just so you know personal, and I don't know, it's the type of music where you sort of like I don't know, listen to it before bed. Do you know what I mean? And it's like super super inspiring. Do you know much of Burial, you guys? Are you? Yeah, are you, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I knew you'd be a fan. Anthony, what about you, Ben? Yeah, I, I kind of remember hearing it for the first time sort of around 2011, 12, I think. Wow. That was wow. kind of when I came across it for the first time. But I, I wouldn't say I'm a kind of, you know, massively clued up on, on all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I remember there just been a lot of kind of discussion around who he was. Uh, yeah, it's like still sort of yeah. like a semi-mystery. <laughs> Yeah. one photo of him online and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, who was the other artist that everyone was thought he might be? Like a, a moniker of? Oh, um, didn't everyone think it was, uh, what's he called? Oh my God, I've literally forgotten. They thought it was Fortet, didn't they? Yes. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah they thought it might be kind of like a, an alter ego kind of you know, moniker. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's why he put the picture up because everyone was saying it's Fortet, I think. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's, it's what really. If it, yeah. What if it is just all? What if this? What if it all is just like it's just like paid someone, being like, "Oh, look, let me just use your photo." Stock photo. 
Stock photo. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine. And we all were just fooled this whole time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I could, really random. I could never work out how he did live stuff if because no one like surely never, people never right. played it. I think. Yeah, he doesn't really play it. Doesn't that he? Doesn't play it. Really I think. I, I think Gosha, you'll you'll know you'll know more about this. Did he ever play anywhere? Don't think so. No, I think <clears throat> that's just part. That's just who he is. Do you know what I mean? He doesn't make music for the for the sort of live DJing aspect. He makes music, you know, for for the loners, man. For when you're when you're on the bus, just chilling. Do you know what I mean? I don't exactly. think he, he'd want to be out there DJing and getting his name. But like mate, that. honestly, like you know, the, the, the loyal fan base that he's got, it's just. I, I honestly think if he was to put a show on, right. It would, he could sell them tickets for like, yeah of course like, it'd be like O2 level yeah exactly people would travel the world to come see him do you know what I mean like mm. because you're never going to get an opportunity like that I know it's wishful thinking but I don't think we'll probably maybe. ever see him play live ever. yeah maybe he'll treat us after lockdown and like, I hope so <laughs> I hope so <laughs> alright um, moving on to your second track then Ooh, um, I would say, oh, it's so hard, man. Like, there's so much music that inspires, but like, are we talking like tracks that have literally changed like everything for us? For sure, yeah. I mean, it could be part of your inspiration, or it could have been one of your own tracks. I think Stefan Bod's in Singularity, man. That is such a track, and his music as well, like. The way he utilizes the Moog's uh, Moog synthesizer, that that was so like. But even though it is stylistically kind of different to what we make, like it's not breaks or anything like that. Just like the level of musicianship and attention to detail that he puts in his productions was massively inspiring for us. I remember I went to see him uh, play at E One. Man, I literally I lost my mind. That was like still to, to this day probably the best club show that I've been to. I'd say. Like just as a fan, as a as a music listener, but yeah, now that's that's got to be number two. Um, anything to add, Harvey? Oh, about Stefan Bodson. Yeah, I mean, I was for, I was absolutely completely obsessed for absolutely ages. It, I think he was like it was around the time we were getting into that sort of style of. Um, I don't even know what you would really call it. The, the that style melodic, of, yeah, sort of thing, just sort of like melodic interest in. Yeah, it's just his own thing again, you know, it's a standalone sort of sound and I don't know, it was just, when I first got into him, it was just like, me and Gosh were just completely fucking absolutely obsessed and again, just the simplicity of his, his music was so, so great and I feel like, you know, the sort of the melancholic melodies and I don't know, it just really, you know, for, for us, it really, really struck a chord and it was, um, yeah, extremely, extremely inspiring for us. I think it's um, it's really interesting that the like two artists that you've said already, uh, you've both you've described them as like kind of in their own lane, like, or like you know making a really distinct sound. And one of the reasons why I got all three of you on the same podcast is because I feel like you're all kind of carving your own sound and have very much mm-hmm. led from the front in terms of like this is now a sound you know talk about breaks you mentioned you know you guys along with maybe like frankie wah you totally kind of brought that back into not mainstream but but dance music and then you know anthony with the kind of acidy stuff you were doing that in 2017 which 
everyone's everyone's doing that now like so i guess the question i'm trying to trying to get at is was that like a deliberate thing is that we want to start a new sound or was it just that your influences all kind of came together and that's what came out the other side <sighs> yeah i don't think um, with me i just kind of wanted to just keep creating and doing something a bit different and so so i even like some of my productions if you listen to one it could be a quite different to something else that I've done. I think it's just trying to, yeah, not ne it wasn't necessarily a conscious thing. I think it was just falling into things that excited me at the time and stuff that I wanted to explore rather than like, okay, I'm going to make this today. That has to be in this zone. It's kind of just, I like the idea of kind of discovery when you're making music rather than necessarily just design. So you could start on one thing and then just kind of let, let it take you to, you know, to somewhere else. And I think sometimes that's when the best the best stuff comes when it comes from rather than not just being stuck in a in a certain lane. Absolutely. And I think, you know, as you were saying then, starting something and it just sort of takes you anywhere. It's like most of the time you'll start a track and whatever that you started with is probably in the bin by the end of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Not that it's like shit or anything. It's just the fact that you will, the creative, I mean, for us at least, you know, the creative process is like, We'll start with something, build up so much on that. And like, you know what I mean? And then, but the original thing is sort of, might not even be there. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Definitely. I found that really, I just did this, um, this creative course. It's like an idea generation course because after lockdown, when we first started, I just like had no, just was just like in a bit of a rut creatively, just nothing oh, really? Really, really happening. So I did this idea generation course by this guy called Mike Monday, who I'd would totally recommend um, and basically you just focus on speed you don't focus on quality so you don't focus on what the outcome is going to be and then I ended up writing like 100 rough demos in the like less than two weeks which has been like wow. which has wow. been like the biggest amount of biggest like, body of work I've done but bear in mind I mean they're all just rough sketches of tracks so I mean there may be like I don't know in theory there's probably like 20 or something that I could go back to or, or, or maybe a bit more if I want to like really dug in but um yeah it's more just about just kind of getting getting everything flowing um, yeah. and that's like that's basically what's kind of got me back into gear off during this lockdown that's and the amazing. whole thing about what, that what? Is, is discovery not about um necessarily about you know going in with a set idea what did it what did you do in the course then um, so what you do is you basically you set up five channel five tracks in whatever your door is that uh, like your band basically and the idea is that you pick five channel five tracks that you um, so like one was a drum machine so I had like a nine oh nine and then you'd have like some strings bass uh, or whatever you're kind of feeling at the time uh, and then you just keep those same five and you just go through and play and play the parts for each five of them put a rough arrangement in. And then you kind of just let it go. You don't kind of think too much about it. You just kind of, you're just kind of going with the, the process and with the flow. Uh, but I would definitely, definitely recommend it. And it's kind of, yeah, it's given me like a new angle on how to make music. Whereas before I would just, you know, you just kind of keep bashing something in until it sounds how you want it to sound. Whereas with that, you kind of just, you just kind of let it go and then go back and then pick out the bits you want to use. So it's um, interesting. Very interesting. And actually, I've noticed recently kind of talking about tracks sounding different to how you originally like envisaged them you've been putting out sort of two or three different versions of each of your releases recently like a yeah breakbeat one or whatever what what kind of gave you that like idea um i guess i mean a just 
because it's uh, it's just easier just kind of can, can just contain everything i like being able to just do everything myself so um i like the idea that i don't have to you know wait for anyone or rely on anyone it's all going out on my own label i know that i can kind of knock up a new remix in a day or whatever and just kind of you know everything is kind of just on my own terms then um so i guess that's the the reason yeah and also just it's kind of fun to explore trying out different versions of tracks um especially if i think well i think i started with string theory because string theory just was like kind of felt like this this like big banging techno kick and it felt like it was sort of quite hard um so i wanted to do like a breaks mix that felt a bit lighter and was a bit um softer it turns out the one that was quite hard is the one that it's kind of did get picked up on radio quite a lot, and it's even been getting played on like daytime radio, which I still feel like it's a bit That's mental that they're amazing. like playing. It's, yeah. it's crazy. I was stood in my kitchen at six thirty or something on a on a Friday night, and I heard Scott Mills play string theory <laughs> in party anthems, and I was just like, "What? What is happening? It's like a massive techno banger!" Like, and and it was just like. Going off on a casual Friday evening is mad. <laughs> That's it. And I've heard it. It was on like breakfast radio and stuff. It's, it, I mean, it is mental. And I think, I mean, I didn't, obviously didn't make that track thinking that that's what was going to happen to it. No, for um, sure. It was, um, yeah, I think but that is probably why I decided to put in a different mix of it initially. Mm. Um, but yeah, it turns out I, I didn't actually have to. Yeah. I guess for Prosper Boys, that was been the same with, for you guys with Control the Party. That was, that was playlists, wasn't it? It was getting kind of daytime spins on again it's like yeah, a record yeah. that you just would never expect to to really be heard in that environment yeah i know i feel like you know people people at radio people just in general are you know picking 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 it up more do you know what i mean and um sort of i've always wanted to hear that sort of music on daytime radio you know what i mean and um, I'm just happy for us, you know. What I mean, I'm happy for everyone in the, the the dance music community. I feel that it's it's a great thing that it's actually getting the um, getting the uh, in the airtime. Do you know what I mean? Get, getting getting what it deserves. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, for it's, sure. I for mean, sure. you know, dance music. You know, it's great for clubs. It's great for for nighttime, but. Everyone wants to hear it in the daytime as well. Do you know what I mean? Like it gets you, it gets you, it gives you energy, gets you excited. Do you know what I mean? You might be driving somewhere. Like when you hear like a nice energetic dance music song come on, it's like, do you know what I mean? You're gonna let loose. Put yeah, exactly. Down. <laughs> <laughs> Straight on the balcony. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? I guess as well, um, doing something that sounds a bit different. And there's so much music out there that's kind of in a formula that you know, people feel that they should make if they want to, if they want it to be on daytime radio, if they want it to be in a certain space. Um, so I guess when something comes along that is, is different, it kind of, people sort of take a bit of notice. Let's go back to the kind of um, three tracks thing. We've got one track left from the Prosper Boys. What do you think is going to be your third and final pick? Well, I mean, first we did Burial which is a very audio sounding, you know, aesthetic. Then we did Stefan Bodzen, which is super electronic, like everything electronic. Two quite, you know, different ends of the spectrum of dance, dance music. And um, <sighs> hmm. I think, you know what it is for us, we'd have to, we'd have to choose something Jay Della, Slum Village Jay Della. 
maybe um, fall in. I'd say probably fall fall in love. I don't know if you guys know it, but um, I don't know that one. I do not. It's it's. No. I think it was Slum Village is one of their like biggest tracks. I mean, all of the, the Fantastic Volume Two is personally my favorite album of all time. I think, and um, fall in love. It's just like. It's sort of, I mean, it's almost like a bit off. It's not, it's not dance music, but I mean, you know, it's the, the way that Jay Diller sampled everything. It was just, he was literally the sample god. Like his drums, his aesthetic. Oh my god, it was like the nicest, most crunchy vinyl drums, and everything was so. Even like the mix of it. Do you know what I mean? The mix was so well, and um, I don't know. I, I'd, I'd probably say. Gotta be that one, yeah. Slum Village, Fall in Love. Yeah. That's such a skill, I think, to be able to just sample in that one, in like in such a good way. I, know. Um, I mean, there's so many people. I mean, Daft Punk, I guess, did a really uh, people that, and just people in general. I find it really fascinating because I don't sample that much um, in in tracks, but obviously there is a, such a such a skill to it. Mm, and and I think you know it's, it's an old school way of sampling how they did it, like through actual i think like ripping things on on vinyl players and you know running it through the npcs and all that stuff whereas like nowadays you know you're sampling stuff you, it's just like a youtube sample vibe do you know what i mean like you'll yeah, go on like, youtube you'll find something <laughs> and sample it and then do you know what i mean and it's never as good quality you know when you're sampling proper vinyl and it's just it's i feel like you know especially when it comes to drums like we don't even really sample drums there's a lot of a lot of the drums we use are just like the vinyl breaks or, you know, like we have loads and loads of the old school classic ones. And then, you know, like sometimes just uh, singular hits, you know what I mean? Individual hits. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I mean, that is obviously still sampling, but I think it means like sampling from the full track, if you get me. No, like, yeah, exactly. Some people obviously take the drums from like, <clears throat> I don't know, there's, there's, there's a couple of famous ones like Amy Winehouse. Oh, what's the track? I've forgotten it. Obviously, you know, you know, like even like jungle music is obviously based off all that, but um, but yeah, man, no, like Jay Dillers is the goat, man. He's inspired so many people as well. Like everyone always talks about him, like as being one of their inspirations. But I feel that's because he just nailed the that sort of element of hip hop, like creating real music from records that exist already. Do you know what Crazy. I mean? Crazy. Like obviously we both so well do we both do play instruments, but I think for many people who perhaps don't come from that background or whatever, you know, he will have been an inspiration to them because I mean I'm not I'm, I don't think I don't know if he had any like training in instruments, but you know he made the MPC his instrument. Do you know what I mean? So mm, mm. yeah, man, legend, absolute legend. Couldn't say it any better. Mm. And you, you, you mentioned um, instruments. You guys initially were into a different type of music, weren't you? Give us uh, a little bit of an introduction to anyone who might not know kind of the origins of Prosper. How did, uh, how did this all come together? And Rock, metal. Oh, God. So, 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 so many different, you know, we've been through so many phases, but originally... I was like Nirvana, still pretty much my all-time favorite band ever. Uh, Goshu was like I was more of, on the sort of like rock, grunge, punk. You know, I was into the Clash, uh, even you know Led Zeppelin, Deep Purple, 
Nirvana, um, and then Gosha was into like just mad metal. Mad, mad stuff. <laughs> mad, Still mad metal. Slipknot, Slipknot was the first band I ever went to see. Obviously, they're, they're you know, obviously they're massive. Like they're such, they're, they're probably one of the biggest in that in that world. But I definitely, you know, I played guitar from such a young age, and that that really was my passion first. Is just playing guitar, trying to play as fast as possible, trying to, you know, just, just be be that sort of be that, be yeah, be in that world. And then <clears throat> I kind of transitioned pretty much because of people like Jay Dillon and making sort of more relaxed hip hop and stuff like that, jazz, jazz hip hop. And I think then Harvey, he was also began to sort of jump into the dance world. Uh, and then it was Leeds Fest like five, six years ago. We obviously knew seven. Yeah, we were good friends. Seven years ago now, bro. Bloody hell. But um, <laughs> But yeah, no, so we were obviously good friends before that, but that was when we decided to link up and start making music together. And that was kind of our first, yeah, proper proper thing. And we never never made any a track separately again, <laughs> to be Literally honest. Literally ever since seven years. And it, it's, gone, it's gone fast. I mean, it's gone slow and it's gone fast, you know. And it's not been like just a, you know, little on and off thing. It's been constant, you know. Since we left high school, it was like, we treat it like it was a job. Do you know what I mean? We'd be coming coming home early, like we wouldn't be going out, you know, just so we could work on music because we just we wanted we we you know, our whole lives we had this vision of wanting to be like a successful musician who makes great music and uh, can turn turn into a living. Do you know what I mean? You know, like when I was a kid I was like Ghost was saying that he was playing guitar and I was uh, brought up playing drums. I started playing when I was four and we'd both been in bands in the, the lead scene our whole lives and it sort of was a gradual progression towards just making dance music and um it's 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 been a it's been an amazing journey and, and it's gone fast but it's like you know there's there's not a day i go to sleep without thinking of music do you know what i mean it's the first thing i think of before i sleep and it's it's my life and Gosha could say the exact same do you know what I mean like we fucking live breathe and speak it you know what I mean that's fascinating that you guys have never made a track separately since since you first met all those years ago ever like, no ever well we do make like little things but then it's always for the same thing anyway do you know what I mean yeah that was it just like, bounced ideas do, do one yeah exactly like even if we'll start an idea or whatever it's like we've never had you, like, do you know what I mean? Every single thing has always been to the same common goal. Do you know what I mean? So, that's it. How do you find it, Anthony, you know, like working on your own? Because a couple of my friends who are, um, you know, just, just solo producers, they say that they're like, they get quite lonely and sometimes when they uh, get a creative block, they sort of just feel like they don't really know what to do. Do you know what I mean? And, and I yeah. couldn't imagine, you know, when I get a creative block, I just bell gosher and it's <laughs> like you sort of like, yeah. But if not, exactly if right. I'm Bell and he's on a creative block, it's like twice as bad. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's tricky. I think the thing, I mean, the thing for me personally, it's like staying motivated is the, that's like, that's the thing because it is just you, you, so it's like I'll, I'll go through phases of being like super strict on myself and being like, like fully in, but then also you create best, I find, when like, you know, when you're not like miserable. So sometimes if you're like forcing yourself to like 
do things, you're miserable. But it, it's so bad, isn't it? It's so yeah. bad. Uh, but you know, you of course, like you know, you're making every single decision um, creatively. It's quite good. I, I mean, I I've got my manager who um, who's amazing, and I send stuff to him once I've kind of got an idea, and he's great with feedback. If we're kind of if I like if I get if I'm writing a tune or a remix or something, um, then if I get a bit of a creative block or I've done, you know, need some fresh ears, then he's kind of he's great for that. So I think that's great. Stuff on your own, you do need yeah, absolutely. And, and I find that you know it's great to have someone like that because I feel like having that opinion it's good also just for a morale boost as well you know having someone there you know for us it's so important having having the right team and having the right management you know because before dealing with anything else you know they are the people that uh, it's you know your first point of contact do you know what I mean you know in the whole in the whole industry and um, it's just great to have such a good personal relationship with 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 people that are so close, you know. What I mean? Yeah, but yeah, it's, 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 it's business, but it's it's also it's also uh, personal and creative and stuff like that. Yeah, and yes, it's also having someone that you trust as well to, to get exactly, exactly, exactly. And I guess the sort of the, you know you mentioned personal and business. The the, the personal side it comes so much into the creativity. Oh so, no! Exactly, exactly. And, and, and exactly. exactly. And, you know that I feel like that's the sort of always the, the internal battle you always have as an artist. It's like, okay, once it becomes like full time, it's like, okay, now I don't want to let the pressures override me, but also I don't want to like you don't want the pressures to override you, and you don't want to start an idea thinking, oh, are people gonna like this? Oh, I'm doing it for that? Or Definitely. is it gonna be radio friendly? Is it gonna? Do you know what I mean? Just have fun, you know, like how you always would have done growing up making music. It's for having fun. Do you know what I'm saying? That's the biggest creative block, I think, to have exactly pressures. Exactly. It's it's horrible at times, isn't it? Horrible. I know, it's true. I know, I actually fully agree with what you're both saying, but I feel like the problem is that it kind of actually matters as well. That's what sucks about it. It's like you you want to just make things just for the fun of it. And of course, that's probably when the best ideas are. But then also in your head, you all, that's part of the skill is obviously balancing that because you always got to be aware of, I guess, where, what's this track going to be? Like, what, where, where could it, where could it go? I mean, yeah, maybe, I mean, maybe, maybe not. But, no, but it uh, is true because, because that's, that is the thing that kind of stresses you out. It's like, okay, but it does, like, it, you know, if your career counts on it, do you know what I mean? It does, it does matter okay, how exactly. things do perform. Do you know what I'm yeah, saying? Like for example, you know, you get carried away with one idea and you're just like, what, where's this even going to go? Like, who's going to play this? Like, this is, <laughs> this is mad. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's it. Do you feel, have you found that it's like, obviously because you guys have signed to a bigger label now, has that been like added pressure for you? Have you found that in terms of your creative process? Is it In a way, no, it's not. It's not added pressure, but it sort of like also is in different ways. You know the fact that, like, I feel like we have to perform now. I feel, but I feel like you know the the stage that we're at in our career is sort of like it's there's going to be pressures regardless. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Do you see what I'm saying? And I'm sure you can feel the same, Anthony. You know, like the pressures will sort of always be the same, and you know. Uh, we, we have a great, we have a, uh, we have an amazing team, and everyone yeah, understands yeah. the vision that we have, and we all get on really well. So that side of things doesn't 
really worry me, but um, obviously, as we were just talking about, then it's it's mainly about the pressures that we put on ourselves. You know, like uh, as Harbour was saying before, like you know, I guess it's just like when you want when you have aspirations to get your career to a certain level, you do have to think more deeply about who's going to consume your music, how many people are going to consume your music. You know, and for us, we we are you know very bothered about. Being on both sides of, of the of the of the pond or whatever whatever the phrase would be like in terms of you know always having one foot in the mainstream one foot in the underground you know because we do want to cross over and make dance music you know big to 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 the masses again I mean obviously it is still a massive genre but it's know. not it's not at its peak in terms of uh, it's not if you listen to the radio it's it's a part of it for sure but it's not the main genre的外面。Yeah。Sure。So,I'm Suddenly, you're three weeks in with absolutely fuck off. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely feel that as well. I mean, I'm like very hard on myself in terms of the amount of pressure I put on myself to create and to do something that I'm going to be proud of. Uh, but also, yeah, if you focus on that too much, it's the biggest, biggest creativity kill. That's why I'm, I was so happy with this course that I just started doing, that idea generation course, because it's kind of puts all that to the side and then I feel for me as well kind of my self-achievement is creating good music like I have to make music that I'm proud of to kind of that's kind of what gives me motivation to kind of carry on so um if that doesn't happen then it's like yeah it's 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 a bit of a killer so that's why yeah just kind of just and also keeping keeping a good mindset like I try and meditate I've been doing this like creativity meditation before I before I make music, which has been just like just just meditation in general has been like so so helpful. And it took a few times for me to kind of get to get it going. Like I would try try to meditate, and then but now recently I've been using Headspace, and like most days I'll I'll get up and I'll meditate, and then it kind of just yeah just puts me in a just a much more sort of centered space I guess um, but I mean I would 100 yeah I would like absolutely recommend like meditation or but there's like there is like yeah there's different types but getting like headspace or something like that I found to be really just super useful in just kind of keeping myself centered and motivated wow I mean and especially in a time like this where there's not really anything going on you can't really do anything you know there's no gigs you can't see people you know I find that um, a lot of inspiration comes from having these experiences. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, going and playing and traveling and you know, meeting new people and seeing new vibes. Do you know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. So I guess. Yeah. I mean, listen. Like, I mean, listening to music is my biggest inspiration for creating music. Um, I guess. But like, dig. So now I kind of. It's just yeah, more more about digging back into the into the past um, and stuff that excites me in the past that I want to kind of that I get excited to kind of take inspiration from now I want to just touch on something that we, we've 
we've just it's kind of mentioned uh, organically a couple of times now. We've kind of mentioned success and a successful career. What is for you guys as the definition of a successful career? What will it what will it take for when you look back in 20, 30, 40 years time and say that you know I achieved everything I wanted to or I had a successful career? Oh. Yeah, there is I've got a bit of a list. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I mean, you, also, like, having gratitude for where you are is also one of the biggest things for me to kind of keep, like, thinking about where you are now to where, you know, where you were, like, a year ago or two years ago. Um, that, de- But there's definitely sort of goals that I want to keep sort of focusing towards. And I guess, I don't know if they will constantly change, I guess, as you, as you build. Um, but, I mean, I want to create a live show. I want it to be a sort of standalone live show that I'm touring um, I want to be I feel like I was I wanted to I want to be playing at, uncomprom- at gigs where I'm like playing uncompromising music like every week to crowds that I feel you know a connection with that's definitely something I think that that is the side of something that was kind of just that I was kind of just booked now until like pretty much all the weekends up until summer uh, just as Corona hit and I think that was like I'd kind of been building and building and building to kind of get to that point obviously the you know the coronavirus is here and that's but i'm sure that once that's gone i'll be in that in that sort of cycle again of playing into into places but i guess because yeah so playing uncompromising music is one of the main main things and doing that um often uh, that's and then obviously i'm being sort of being still happy and excited about doing it so exactly um, exactly i feel like as well you know a, a real musician's dream has just been able to do it until you die do you know what i mean you know whether in 20 years and you look back and say, oh, cool, I loved making dance music and electronic music at that time, but, you know, now I'm, I'm older, I'm more mature, I'm doing something different, you know, I might be writing some bespoke uh, film scores or, you know what I'm saying? You know, just, just I feel like for, for us, and I know I can speak for the both of us, is having a successful career is, one, uh, being able to be, you know, self-sufficient and being able to do it full-time and, have you know been able to make a living from it i feel like that's the absolute base of of being success and then also second is you know a big part for us is do we love it do you know what i mean being able to do it and loving it at the same time you know there's some people who probably make music just you know for the money or whatever and that's that's fine you know i don't think there's anything wrong with that business is business you know what i mean but i feel it's a lifestyle you know and it's 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 an absolute passion so being able to make money from it and you know just look back and just think wow i had a blast do you know what i mean i played the maddest gigs i played the maddest gigs toured the world met some amazing beautiful people uh met some insane you know, made had some great collaborations. You know, do you know what I'm saying? Had a mad live show. Best answer the question on my career the day before I died. You know what I mean? That's that's the best. That's the best time to ask me that question. But yeah, man, just echoing what he said. Like I feel, I'll always be happy as long as I can wake up every day and make music. But in terms of, you know, aspirations, where where do we want to go? Like, we want to, obviously, um, similar to Anthony, we want to uh, do a live show and have that touring. And I think his point about playing un- uncompromising music is 
so true, man. Like when you're DJing to just play tracks that you really love and to have the crowd rocking with you and, and not feeling, you know, pressured to play some type of way or some type of some type of sound. But, I mean that that's obviously that's ideal. And then I, I guess if I have one more thing is just like, you know, we, we wanna make albums and I guess in a way thinking about it album by album. So like right now we wanna make an album or an EP or whatever, it's just like a long form thing that stands on its own artistically. And you know, once we've done that, we can look back on its success and go, right, okay, well, is that are we happy with that? What do we want for the next one? And that's kind of how we're judging as we go along. To be honest. Yeah, that's actually what I'm working on at the moment, which I had, I have, I haven't, um, it hasn't been announced or anything, but that's. Um, yeah, what I'm working on at the moment, which will be kind of like half album mixtape, probably like eight or nine tracks. Wow! Um, just wow! Yeah. So that's um, yeah, that's kind of the project that I'm working on. Part of the reason I did that splurge. Amazing! And stuff when's that. the sort of? I mean, you, you may, maybe you don't have anything uh, set in motion date-wise, but when when is the estimate? Uh, September. Oh, okay. So I want to yeah, get it. Yeah, so it's going to be soon. Hopefully, I, I guess to tie in and have a big body of music as things start to open up. Um, I mean, I don't know how optimistic that is. Yeah, I mean, part of me is... I mean, it's just going to be a bonus, if I think, if we're playing this year. That's kind of how I've been looking at, looking at it. Um, if we get to play somewhere this year, great. Um, I've, obviously, I'd really like to, and I hope that that's going to happen, but obviously... You know, it's cut it's out of our control, and I think putting, getting, yeah, I I don't want to um, put myself in a situation where I'm disappointed by not doing it. So I've kind of just, I, I've got I've got stuff booked in for um, like the 808 State Tour, which I'm oh yeah yeah, them yeah. On their tour that's been rescheduled to October and November. So I'm I'm hoping that by then that will be, you know, doable. But um, it's. Yeah, the the one we when it all first hit, I just kind of wanted to just get pissed for a couple of weeks and just not do anything. Like, I just found it really demotivating, um, and then kind of pulled myself back around to it. But now it's just like, you know, it's just up to the, the Corona gods to to see what's going to happen. So it's yeah, it's who, who knows. I don't know if anything will ever be quite the same for a, for a little while. We're we're just about to put out what we sort of hope will be our biggest follow-up to our obviously our track prayer and that's coming out on friday and like we're just like this whole time half the conversations have just been like well nobody's going out so what what are we doing why why don't we just you know slow yeah. along the entire period <laughs> and you know just release stuff to keep it keep it level and then go all out when it comes out but then at the same time you know People still need music to listen to, man. And I don't, I don't know. If, I, to be honest, I don't even know if Spotify or anything has been harmed or you know, any of that. Like whether the cons, uh, the consumption of, of the music has has gone down or up. Yeah. 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 I mean, it has crossed my mind when I've because I've been making some like banging techno and I'm like, is this really like? I mean, when would when can you put when can I put even put that out? Uh, you know. So it's it's definitely something to consider, isn't it? But it's. People are also finding new ways to, to share music. You know, like uh, two months ago, really, how often did you ever watch a live stream? Like, yeah. they existed and they were there, but they, 
that's that's kind of not replace the clubs because you could never replace the clubs but in terms of sharing of music that that's a whole new medium now that so many people are doing and so many people are watching um yeah so it's kind of i totally hear what you're saying about you know what type of music should go out but i think it's you know i think it's still this there's still a, a good time to put stuff out and i think you know you guys obviously prosper boys that track we've been talking about for a year or something so it's exactly and, and i feel like it was just like everyone everyone on, on our side sort of was like you know we had we had a release date arranged and then it was like postponed and then it was pushed back and all this stuff and then it sort of come to it and it's like okay we're, we're releasing it it could be the worst time but you never know it could be a good time as well but mm. who knows um Right then, Anthony, it's your turn now. We <laughs> we want to hear your uh, your three tracks that have. Uh... Uh, yeah, I was I was thinking about this earlier, and it's there's been there's I'm just kind of thinking back like early early stuff that was kind of what I was maybe listening to when I was at school, and um, I think like the first the first track you know people are always like what's the first vinyl that you bought, and I like I can't really remember, but I think. Um, that it was S Express, theme from S Express was the first vinyl that I bought, and um, it was made in the eighties. But it sounded like it was, uh, it was, it was heavily sampled. But it was like a dance, um, like a dance track. So it had like energy, and it was like a, a pumper. Um, and then it's kind of around the sort of s- s- similar time. I remember like having like cassette, like rave cassettes. Um, this is <laughs> from like right right back in the day and it was all like Prodigy so like the first couple of Prodigy albums were stuff that just I well, yeah, would just be listening to constantly and it was just this kind of high energy dance music that um, but it was also stuff that crossed over so I kind of do I guess it's kind of a bit like what the boys were saying as well having those big proper chunky energetic dance tunes that were for the clubs but actually being able to cross over in a way that's, you know, to, to other people that outside of just that that space. But th- so those those um, are, are a couple of tracks that were really sort of ticking my boxes, I guess, or were influential for me when I was when I was growing up. Um, and then uh, sort of beyond that, um, the Daft Punk homework album was an album that just was something that again was like like has like influenced me and was something that was on on repeat constantly and then almost and thomas bangalter the just him solo all of his stuff on his label roulette was just like just really really sort of struck a call with me and there's the stuff that i had on vinyl that i would just religiously just like rinse so i do some of those stuff uh, some of that stuff definitely does influence some of the tracks that i'm making still now especially on that kind of the sort of energetic break side of stuff um, so there are like a couple of, yeah, a couple of tracks. And then when I, when I first went clubbing, it was um, like the place that I grew up in, the, the clubs, it was like hard techno and and trance and hard house. That was kind of the stuff that was... Where did you grow up, Anthony? In Torquay. Torquay, oh yes, of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like... It's quite down south, isn't it? Down yeah. southwest, yeah. Yeah. The English Riviera is the like <laughs> official name. Yeah, that's probably why, that's probably why I'm like, drawn to all these palm trees because there's there's uh, there's palm trees everywhere down there it's i mean it's, it's a really beautiful place but um now i mean there's no music scene i feel like that part of that part of england is so nice you know like when you go all the way sort of down south and it's like 
coasty-ish, and it's like, is is there loads of uh, cliffs and stuff like that there? Yeah, loads of cliffs, loads of beaches, like amazing scenery. It's, I mean, it's it's beautiful. It's probably going to be the furthest place we're going on holiday this year as well. So I'll be going down for a for a little bit. Actually, yeah, we should all go and do a little. We should go and do a little tour of. No, I'd love it. Tour. Honestly, like. There's so much of the UK. Well, we've done Scotland, haven't we? We did a. We've done Scotland. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we did a bit. We did a bit of Glasgow. So I'm going to hazard a guess. Then, growing up in Torquay versus growing up in Leeds, you probably had quite different uh, first experiences of clubbing. Was there much of a scene in Torquay? Um, there are actually. Back then, they did actually have like a couple of vibey places where there would be kind of like international underground DJs. There was this one place called the Monastery, which was um, it was a converted church. I remember you telling us it about would, that. Yeah. yeah, and it would open it. It would open at twelve o'clock at night, and it would stay open until six a.m. And they didn't serve alcohol, so you can just the like monastery. piece the bits to get. You can say kind a quick, of piece say together. Say a prayer. Open till Sunday mass. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> say a little prayer. Literally, like straight through. Uh, but obviously, everyone was like loose. Um, I actually used to be a club dancer in there as well. Wow, like, really? Like, you never told us that. Yeah, it I was never like. Knew I, that, I, so it was like it was a proper it was a proper dance club. But like people had still had like white gloves. It was like loads of club kids like. But it was, and it's so like a hard dance was like what was kind of kicking off in that in that area, especially yeah. So it was all like hard house, hard trance, hard techno, um, all loads of club kids. It was, I mean, yeah. So you can imagine there was there was no alcohol, so everyone was kind of absolutely flying. Um, and then, <laughs> uh, but it's, but it, we did have some, you know, it was a real sort of club as such. It wasn't just there was lots of places that was like commercial and sort of. Track, like tacky and not really you know not not very musically credible but there were there was that in another place called Claire's which was owned by the same people that owned the record shop there which is called Sounds which is the first place I used to go to and sort of and it's so uh, you know these first these the first sort of memories of these things you know these experiences are so so sentimental and I, I feel that you always sort of when, when you're making music you know you can always relate back to the, the the early moments of you when you first started going out and do you know what i mean it was a very totally. it was so new and i feel like that you know dance music is such a sentimental thing you know even when when you meet like old schoolers who like you know listen to music and they'll be like oh i love breaks rah, rah, you know like back in the day you know there's a lot of sentimentality to it but you know maybe it's like that with all music do you know what i mean but yeah. i feel like especially when it comes to club music it's just it's, it really does it just brings me back to when I was first going out in Leeds to like Canal Mills and all these like so many there were so so many good clubs in Leeds all of them are gone now all of them I remember going clubbing in Leeds I'm trying to remember like remember the name was it called? It's like big hard house club. Is it maybe like Insomniacs or something? Mission. You went to Mission, didn't you? Mission, maybe. And there was like Thunder Central, which was like all kicking off at that. That was all like Northern. Yeah, um, and some, no, I do. And I know the name. I know the name. I can't. I can't remember. There's so many different clubs. It's it's hard to. Um... Yeah, it's it's. But also going back to that kind of that nostalgia thing. I mean, the the very first time I went to that club, it was actually the first time I ever like t- kind of t- took a pill. It was like. 
it was everything was just like this big um amazing moment uh, but i actually met one of my best friends that night and um she's still now one of my like best friends wow. even now like she lives down the road still it's like we're she's still one of my closest friends so wow you know, it's like such a it's such a melting pot of uh, I don't know it just it's, yeah it, it brings people together in a way that it does doesn't it and that's the thing I feel like you know when, ev- when everyone's like just raving everyone's just lo- do you know what I mean it's just like pure love do you know what I'm saying it's there's there's been so many there's been you know some some clubs that you go to and some places that are just I don't know I feel like dance music has, has always had a bit of a different energy you know when it comes to to, to these things an interesting thing I've, I've been thinking about recently is what makes a club great? Uh, what for you? For everyone, even even you. The people, ben. the people like hundred percent. And the club the culture, people. club kind of culture, and and the the vibe in there defines the people, or is defined by the people. Yeah. But that's what makes the club for sure. Definitely, I feel like yeah, even because I've been. I don't really do it so much now, but I mean, I, actually, you guys came to my club night, but um, yeah, I was running club nights, sort of underground queer parties for, for like quite a long time. Yeah, it was really it good is. that, and I remember, I remember going there the first time I met you that, Anthony. That was ages ago. Yeah. God, it's before you hadn't even had any music out then. I don't think. No, not it properly. Really, it was when you yeah. you were um, Acid Summer was starting to pick up and do really well. Uh, yeah, Jack remember? was playing. I think. Yeah, yeah. And, I remember uh, the exact time. Yeah. And um, where was that? Is it called What Club or? Yeah, that's the name of the club night, and it was at Dalston Superstar. Dalston Superstar, that was it. And I remember we were that's up- a good little venue. Yeah, I remember we were upstairs, and I thought that was the club. And I was like, "Oh, this is cool. Yeah. It's a nice chiller. Do you know what I mean? We're all chatting, you know, getting to know each other, and that." And then, then, like, I think Jag or, or Anthony go said, down the stairs. "Let's go to the club." And I was like, "I thought we we're here because I, I swear there was a DJ there as well upstairs." Then we went downstairs, and it was like this cool little. You know, tiny space, but had great lights, had a great system, so many cool, great people. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, proper, proper sweaty little basement. Exactly, sweaty little dirty fucking basement, yeah. Everyone's <laughs> there just for the rave, you know what I mean? And everyone's on a good vibe, everyone's so nice, everyone's so like, no one's there fucking judging you or creeping, do you know what I mean? Like, everyone's just sound. Totally. It's what it needs to be like, do you know what I mean? That's, I mean, that is like the essence of it all, isn't it? Like, that's kind of what you those spaces well look guys I feel like that's got a really positive note for us to kind of wrap this up on I've, I've taken enough of your time I think it's been really great to, to chat to you all so thank you no thank for your, you Ben your thoughts and uh, thanks I'm Ben very much looking forward to catching up with you in real life uh, you know hopefully sooner rather than later probably next year <laughs> see you in 2025 guys <laughs> <laughs>